Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Matthew Vegas Sands, and today we have another episode of AI Pioneers Insurance Edition. I am on with Boss Fetty. Thank you so much for joining. Boss Fetty joins us from Midden Heritage Fraternal Society of Insurance. I got that right, didn't I? Or I Absolutely. hope I did. Yes. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. Uh, for jumping on call where uh, the audience, I thought for this particular episode, we got a kick out of hearing your story. You're somebody that isn't just a traditional uh, agency owner, as you could tell by, by, by his show name. And so I guess the first question that I have to ask is, is how did this all start? How did the boss Fetty start? How did you get into the world of insurance? I know people are here for the AI discussion, but we can get onto that later. Um, would love to, for, for people to be able to hear your story. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You know, it started back, I was uh, actually working for a bank, doing some banker hours, and I was just looking for something else to do, and I was talking to a couple people, and they recommended that I would switch to insurance. They said it was a good gig. So I searched around, and actually I started at a state farm insurance, which was pretty cool. So I worked there, and with my family history, both set of my grandparents own their own businesses, all four of my brothers own their own businesses. So I grew up from sweeping the floors all the way up to management. So when I started at State Farm, like I just knew I had to have my own agency. Mm -hmm. So from State Farm, what I did, worked there for a while, and then someone from Allstate recruited me. So I went over to Allstate, worked there for a little bit, and I opened up my own Allstate agency, worked there for a few years, and I kept track, and when people would leave, and of course, we couldn't control the premium or anything, but I'd track them. They kept going independent. And I was like, what the heck is this independent stuff? So I searched it, searched it. And then I finally switched over independent, worked for a bunch of different independent places and finally opened my own agency. So that's that's basically how I got started in the insurance world. What were the reasons that you primarily saw people going the independent route? You know, it was more options in the it seemed like the rates were cheaper or, or if their rate went up, they said, Oh, you know, they could switch me to a different one and my rate was cheaper. So it was very interesting to learn how the independent world works. And now that you've had a taste of both, which, uh, which have you had more fun in? And, you know, I had fun with all of them, but probably most with independent. I really liked how the state farm and all state, how I was trained is kind of like more corporate structured, like trained that way. Then independence kind of more like the Wild West. So it's, it's pretty fun over here. And that's why I'm the boss of insurance. Yeah. yeah. And um, you got it. It seems that you've dabbled a little bit in all types of insurance today. Are you more focused on one versus the other? Yeah. Like I'm actually, versus commercial or a particular segment. I'm still uh, focused pretty much on personal lines but I'm starting to look to dabble a little bit into the commercial and get more into that. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. We started off our agency on the commercial side of things and we dabbled on the personal, but we always stuck on the, on the commercial side. I had a, what do you call it? It's my brother and I started um, the first company to let 18 year olds rent cars in all 50 States. And so that was, that was a nightmare to get started. And that was how I originally learned back in 2016 about the world of non-admitted lines and, um, and surplus lines. And to me, that was where a lot of the fun came from because 
the personal, I felt like a lot of it was just cookie cutter stuff. And, um, but, and so you were kind of getting a product off the shelf, but I always had a lot of fun with the non-admitted lines because it was like you had a blank canvas and you can kind of think of things, but that's also where a lot of the headaches, uh, a, a lot of the headaches came from. So uh, to a certain extent, I envied you personal guys quite a bit. Yeah, it sounds like you probably had a lot of late nights and a lot of fun. But yeah, that's, um, you know, I think to be successful, you do have to try to find a niche. And that's what I've been trying to look for is to find a niche and get in that and hit that pretty heavy. And have you found that niche? Not yet. I'm still kind of looking around. What are what are some of the ways that you're going about finding your niche or evaluating different niches to get involved in? You know, what's funny is um, you want to kind of find something that you like or that you're into. And I do like to go wine tasting. So I've been kind of looking around that to kind of figure out to make a niche within the wine market, either with uh, the actual wine tasting or the creation of the wines. Mm. Yeah, that's it, it's interesting how uh, how people find those niches, but something like wine, it's such a massive industry. And I feel one of the other things you can probably do is a lot of people that are probably tasting wine are probably individuals of high net worths. And so you kind of get your foot in the door with them on the wine side of things. And that opens up so many other opportunities. It opens up opportunities on the commercial side. It opens up bundling on the personal side. So it's crazy how those niches can lead to, to an abundance of different opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it takes just one good meeting or one one lucky show there and you you get to start your way and get going. Yeah, man. So for the listeners out there, I know they're going to have questions about how this whole thing of Boss Fetty or the insurance boss came up. Can you share any details on that? Sure, absolutely. So my background is is in marketing and advertising. And probably if I had to start over, maybe that's where I would be instead of insurance. But when I was coming up with the name, the Mitten Heritage Fraternal Society of Insurance, I wanted it to, to be different. And when someone heard the name, like feel like they're a special, maybe part of a group. So since I'm from Michigan, you know, it's called the Mitten State. So that's why it's Mitten Heritage. And then I was looking online for like a phone number, the website address and all that to put together. And it kind of came together like that. And then with my uh, boss, Fetty, the boss of insurance, the insurance boss, I want to really take grasp of uh, the insurance world, help out my clients. And I'm thinking, you know, what's a, a nice strong way to, to get my name out there and everything. So with the technology and everything, with AI and stuff, I want to get some videos out there, get stuff going, and just boss kind of grabs attention of everyone. Yeah, it's like the the insurance boss is so catchy. It's like the moment you hear it, you're kind of intrigued. It automatically, whether it's whether it's legit or not, it gives a source of credibility because everybody's like, "Oh my God, who's this guy calling himself the insurance boss? He must know his shit." Um, and so, so yeah, it was uh, creative, but I'm, but I'm sure it's gonna work for you. I but you kind of touched upon a point that um, that obviously this podcast is about it's about artificial intelligence and everything going on and. It's funny because the insurance industry has not been known to adapt the latest technologies. And I feel with this particular trend, at least I've been able to see the insurance company is embracing it quite a bit. I see companies left and right now getting funded to bring artificial intelligence to the world of insurance. I see agency owners nonstop knocking even at our door asking how they can how they can implement it into their own business. And so I feel like this is for the first time in the last decade, 
that insurtechs and traditional insurance groups are no longer trying to battle each other. I feel like it's the first time that they're finally, they're finally starting to try to collaborate with one another. I'm interested to hear from your perspective, you've had so much exposure to the independent industry, to the captive route. Now you're an agency owner. What, what perspective do you have on this technology? Do you think it's all hype or you think it's here to stay? I think if you don't get into it now, you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. If you don't start integrating, start learning about it, start putting it in your office, you're going to be left behind and that's not good. You know, it, it really doesn't matter if you don't know too much about it because it's going to come out. It's going to help with everyday, your everyday stuff. It's going to be amazing. And I just, I think the biggest thing out there to tell everyone is, hey, if, if you never looked at it, you need to start looking at it and start integrating it in your everyday workflow. Where do you see opportunity to implement it specifically in your own business? Like we get a lot of people that they might implement it on the support side. Other people might want it on the customer acquisition side. You have some people that may even want a little bit of help on the claim side, filling out the first notice of losses. How do you specifically feel like you're going to be able to implement it in your, in your day to day? Yeah, honestly, I think I'm going to try to, I'm a little bit of a techie. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my brothers had a, a computer business, so I kind of grew up in there. So I always liked the tech stuff. Um, but I think I'm going to try to implement it in everyday aspects, everything like sales, customer service, claims, anywhere and everywhere that it can help me. I'm going to use it and utilize it. I think it's going to it's going to increase profits and revenue. Absolutely. I think so, too, because one of the things one of the other things, too, that I talk about all the time and we talk about all the time at, at Lula is um this is going to take your best salespeople and just make them infinitely better. If they could handle 15 accounts a week or per day in the past, now they'll be able to handle 20 or 25 because they'll be able to automate so many of those super mundane, repetitive tasks that don't necessarily add the most ROI. And they'll be able to automate that and just focus on the highest ROI tasks. One of the other questions I have for you is um, it feels like there's, a new buzzword of the year every year when it comes to technology. A few years back, it was crypto. Before that, it was blockchain. I'm sure this year, next year, there's going to be another buzzword of the year. How do you evaluate those technologies whenever they do pop up to see, all right, this thing's legit, this thing's not legit? What's your process or like, what are you looking to optimize for when you're evaluating these emerging technologies? Yes, I think, you know, there are a couple different ways that people look at it. I think some people sit back and kind of watch and see what's going to happen. And then there's other people that kind of dive in and just start using it and then tracking it, you know. So they're going to look, is it is it creating more ROI for us or what is it doing? Is it making our life easier or is it making it harder, more stressful? And honestly, I think right now with AI, if you don't jump in, you're probably going to be uh, kicking yourself in the butt here saying, man, I should have jumped in a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I, I, com- I completely agree. I think this is going this is very similar to what people endured or what it must have been like back in the 1990s when the World Wide Web was coming out. I think this technology is going to have as big of an impact um, as the World Wide Web. One of the other things I'm curious on is everybody loves to talk about where they see this technology going and the million different things that it can do. What are some of the things that you think 
you might still need that human touch for? Where do you think AI might have potential shortcomings? You know, I do think that probably other humans are going to probably like to hear your voice every often, you know, maybe on reviews or when they're coming up for renewals, to touch base with them, just, just to keep in front of them. But honestly, I think with the generations coming up with such technology, TikTok and all that stuff that a lot of people are going to eventually be comfortable with AI, even talking on the phone and stuff like that. But I think just the human touch to touch in every now and then or maybe send out some cards in the mail, stay in touch with your clients and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like use the, use the technology to make your business more efficient, to make it to make it better, but don't necessarily use it as a as a separation barrier between you and your customer base. Make sure that you're still you're using the technology, but make sure you're still available. I guess is a way is a great way to summarize what you're saying. Absolutely, you hit it right on the on the nail there for me. Yeah, you know, another another thing that I was thinking about too is that. You know, with the AI, like it's like my Facebook feed and everything is like just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And honestly, it took me a long time to kind of take a look at them. And I was drawn more towards you guys only because it said you guys were like, you know, insurance, 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 insurance. And I think that's going to be very important. You could have a million different AIs, but if you have one that's really trained for insurance, I think that's where you're going to get a leg up on other insurance agencies. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's one of the it's one of the reasons why we've decided to focus so specifically on the world of insurance. Insurance is so nuanced and there's so many complexities behind it that we try to use a lot of the incumbents for our own business. And when we ultimately saw that the incumbents were great for generic topics, but they, they kind of broke down anytime you did something specific for insurance. That was all that was one of the things that inspired us to start building our own AI for insurance. And uh and that's ultimately been what's allowed us to grow so rapidly and allowed us uh, to start taking such a big piece of the market so early on. And so I, uh, I appreciate the fact that, that you caught on to one of the big distinctions about us being our focus on insurance. Yep, absolutely. And that's going to help me out a lot. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I know we're coming to the top of the hour. And so I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a bunch of other stuff. You, should, you could be doing but man I, I really appreciate you taking the time I think the I think the listeners are going to get a few nuggets of wisdom from from hearing your perspective on this whole AI thing and I can't wait for you to hear the episode later this month yeah absolutely that's gonna be awesome what's gonna be really interesting too is after we actually start integrating it into the office to come back around full circle and say hey how did it work or what did you use it for and how's it working that's gonna be sweet can't wait yeah it is. We're going to have to have a conversation a year from now. One before you started using Gale and a second one once you started using it. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. All right, man. Yeah, we'll do it. Thanks so much, man. Talk soon. Have a good one.